Welcome to the Soul Revolution Tribe podcast, where we share stories, laughs, and even a few tears, but always a good time. We are about depth and real raw sharing through soul conversations and medicine. We are learning to find ourselves again and to be an unstoppable force of nature, ready to break down the constructs and rebuild them with love and acceptance at its core. We are the new world. Welcome back to another episode of the Soul Revolution Tribe. I am Jackie, your host, Shamanic Soul Guide and Remembrance Facilitator. And today I have Angie with us. Angie is a personal trainer with Breezeway Coaching, and she helps people achieve her health and fitness goals. She also is a warrior of life. She has overcome many obstacles that have come her way, and she is really on her own healing journey and learning how to thrive instead of just survive. So I'm so excited to have you with us today, Angie. And I would love for you to kind of start by sharing a little bit of your story so the listeners can kind of get to know you. Thank you, Jackie. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for the invitation and holding space for my journey. Um, And thank you all the listeners for taking time to listen with us and be part of our uh, experience together. So a little bit of my story. Um, Where to start? Uh, the picture of the womb comes to mind and I'm like well that's the beginning <laughs> of that memory this experience is where I was placed in this life um but to to kind of narrow in on where I came in this exact moment like what brought me to this space and time is a lot of awakening a lot of acceptance to change and surrender to the change opportunities to see multiple perspectives Uh, and coming back home to self saying there's something more to me than conditioning and blueprints and constructs and the boxes burn down the damn boxes (laughs) so I I was raised in Maine and enjoyed a childhood of siblings. And those bonds, I'm I'm so grateful for those bonds as a young person to say they were my best friends through a hard childhood and nothing to negate the efforts of my parents or their love but there was woundedness and there was fear. So as siblings, not knowing how to to help adults in that way, because we internalize it, we take it on as our own problem, shame and guilt. The tension builds. So you begin to bond with the people in the bunkers, Mm -hmm. the people in the trenches. And sometimes uh, we're turned against each other. And I've seen that in families, but I I recognize a gift that I had with my sister to band together and say, we're going to figure this out. (laughs) We're going to love each other no matter the comparison or the challenges or um, the woundedness in the environment of them. And, you know, it's funny, I never know what I'm going to be bringing forward in my journey. 
it's like you know what's added right now is just love for my sibling um and we're all in different states now we all have different careers and different families some of us have human babies some of us have fur babies and we have a sibling thread that we pop in and just send love we have a family thread that sometimes we participate sometimes we ignore <laughs> and then you know we have offshoot conversations and just direct or random phone calls and my google photos will pop up memories with one individual one of the siblings and just a collage of pictures so i'll send that and We'll have these memories of, I missed that time with you. I love you. Um, and just to say, hey, I'm still there for you. Even we don't have the space to individually communicate all the details. And I have four siblings. So it's really special to have relationship, a different type of relationship with each one and our different memories and our different bonding. Um, so I guess this, I'm just dedicating this to my siblings right now. There's so much love that I have that they've supported me through a lot of hard things. So, uh, on that note, um, my journey has taken me, uh, to Wisconsin as a college student and then a newlywed. And then we moved on to New Jersey, uh, became parents. And then to Michigan and had a second baby. And then from there, we went to Virginia. And it was an awakening of motherhood. Two babies under two. And he was gone a lot for work, for a special assignment. And, and as an active duty member. And I really dug deep. <laughs> like, I'm going to do this. I didn't have friends or family nearby. I was uh, in postpartum depression. My health was so far. I did recommend And I, it was an identity crisis or confusion. It was a, a layer stripped away of, of, you know, it's funny. I say it stripped away. It was a layer exposed that I didn't know me yet. It was a new layer of skin that I was trying to fit into. Um, and as I fit into that layer of skin, I became, I, I expanded, I grew outside of that relationship and it no longer, the relationship no longer fit. So I, I took the hard step away um, and, and then we separated and entered 2020 as a separated couple trying to survive in the same household during lockdown. And that didn't end well. <laughs> I mean, just put it lightly. So, in the end of 2020, I found myself stepping out as a single working mom with a four and six year old. And venturing into a new phase of my motherhood. Um, and then at the end of 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, so I entered 2021 with so much fear, so much unknown, 
and my siblings all step, stepped in. And, they, and this is where it's going, the emotion of releasing that bond, that love, that support. They all came from different states to stay with me at different times, take care of my kids, come to school, help them with their homework. And it was such a beautiful picture. I have pictures. I took every picture and I took them home and took my sisters with them when I was going through surgery and medication that was rough. You know, it was supposed to help the pain, but man, it messed up the head. <laughs> um, and then uh, I entered chemo. And they weren't able to uh, stay with me through the, those periods. Uh, they helped me through the surgery recovery. Um, we'd go on walks, we'd just talk, we'd cry together, watch movies. Um, again, help with my kids and made sure that they knew that they were present and loved when mommy was hurting and recovering. And um, we moved, my girls and I moved in with friends uh, that helped me through the the chemo, when I didn't have a place to live and I wasn't working and the separation and divorce process was becoming more painful, more wounded, um, more distant. And these friends were just so supportive. It was hard, it was <laughs> blending families. It was a friend from college who had her own kids. She remarried because her husband passed with cancer. And so that was just such a hard um, connection. But I feel the universe put me in these places of so much fear and grief to turn it into love, to transmute it, to change the environment, to say we, we can come through this and bring bring love. There's pain, and and we have to grieve those layers of pain, and the grief stays with us, and we learn to keep expanding it into love. So that was uh, tw the summer of 2021 to 2022, and then I found, I got back on repeat, I found another place to live. I found my own place for the first time in my journey to call my own home with just me and my girls. And I still have that place. And I got through an intense reconstruction surgery in the summer of 2022. Um, eight weeks of recovery at home. Well, there's five days in the hospital, eight weeks of recovery at home, and then three months of physical therapy outside of home and all through that time I was single mom getting the girls established into a new school I was it was I was so proud of myself there were so many adulting things that I hadn't learned I didn't have those skills because I I usually had a partner I had my ex-husband to um, navigate every transfer when, when we were active duty and rebuilding a home rebuilding um our lives and setting up like the wi-fi and setting up uh our different parts of life 
that you have to set up, like a new grocery store and new doctors and all that stuff. That I usually have someone to kind of help uh, with that rebuilding. But I figured it out. I did it. And I cried and screamed a lot through it. <laughs> and then um, I, I built safety for my girls and a routine. And uh, my parents helped me financially in that time. And it, that was a big step for them. That was something that they're, they're comfortable doing. It was scary for them. They lived in scarcity and fear for so long. I don't know, financial support. Um, and I, I really am grateful for that and honor that and respect that. So thank you, Mom and Dad, for being there for me in the best way you could. Physically, they can't. They're not um, able-bodied to help support me in other ways and still struggling with their own fears and emotional woundedness. You know, it's scary to face your shadows. So they didn't have that opportunity or the network. Uh, so I, I recognize that. And I, I hold space for that. I also hold high boundaries. So I don't let the woundedness penetrate or uh, infiltrate my boundaries, my, my health, <laughs> mental and physical. And so I... I take time to um, communicate in what's safe and healthy for me. And always sending out the love or because it's an energy exchange in this world. So that took me to, let's see, we got through 2022. I was able to process the divorce in the spring of 2023 and finalize it three days before our 16th anniversary and shed a lot of shit. <laughs> there was so many cords, so many energetic ties, so much love. And uh, a feeling of a loss of closure that, wait, I wanted to fix it. <laughs> wait, don't go. But then releasing control and saying, this is not my job to fix. This is not my job or even my right to console. It is meant for his separate journey, my separate journey. And um, then I was gifted with the opportunity to start personal training again. Because I had been training and in the fitness field for over 10 years um, and, and got into training right before my diagnosis. <laughs> And I was picking up pace. I was picking up clients. I was picking up the ability to give that medicine um, to other people. And then I was—I felt ripped away. I felt like it was just stolen from me with this diagnosis. And uh, through my healing and journey, I realized it brought me so much more depth to my practice. It brought me so much more awareness of myself and and this, the tools I needed to heal me and then bring to others. So I feel so much more alive. I feel so much more healthy. I have expanded my community 
tenfold, whatever number we want to put to that, I have brought um, a new understanding to come back recovery. Because I thought just coming back from pregnancy and postpartum and, and and delivery and all of that changes to the body was the was it that that was the aha moment. Like, oh, that was that was a foundation. That was a, a layer. And then coming back from breast cancer, it it was it was more than the chemo. It was the, the surgeries and the the restructuring of my upper body strength and mobility and relearning the flow um and i'm so impressed and honored by my body to keep showing up the more i nurture myself the more i show up for my body emotionally and mentally so all of that to segue is I was gifted with this opportunity uh, in in June. I was off an invitation, which my human, I'm a projector. So invitations are like these juicy gifts, these juicy little nuggets are, where is this going to take me? And um, Kelvin from Breezeway Coaching, his, his beautiful company that he birthed, and created for expanding his offering to the world, um, his gifts. He said, I want to expand my team. Are you thinking about training again? You are the someone I'd want to work with. And I was so honored by that invitation and gift that I took it. I said, yes, let's 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 partner up. Let's let's make breezeway coaching more than personal training, more than coaching, more than nutrition. Let's bring medicine and life to people. Let's help people transform to a deeper awareness of self self. And and let's, you know, we're we're presenting it through fitness. We're presenting it through movement, but it's so much. Oh yes. And it's to build that awareness of not just self but others around us to know how to, to move together, to dance together, to partner together, to respect one another, to live in harmony. And it's not just balance. It's the harmony for blending with the masculine, the feminine. It's blending of love and life. I almost said it is a blending of love and fear because, you know, we can't remove the fear. It's dancing. It that's what I say. Yeah. We just like, we can't remove the grief. Fear is actually a beautiful, be- it's like one of our best friends, if you think about it. Like, fear is letting us know we're hitting the edges, we're entering that unknown. And for me, every time that kicks in, I get excited. It's not a bad thing for me. It's like, okay, I'm stretching beyond what my mind can, can contain at the moment. So, what is that going to bring me? Mm, because we see the other side now we're not afraid of the other side we we see the fear but it's not attached to us and in the moments that it does we we have gotten to the point now we understand this net is not a piece this this doesn't 
need to sit in my body. And I will then take those moments to ground or just cry because that's the body releasing. We talk about in the fitness, you know, sweat is, is, uh, we sweat out the pain. And that's so true to the crying, the releasing, the fear, releasing the control of the fear or releasing the control of, of love. And we, we touched on that a little bit before we were recording and we just said we have to let that love release just as much we have to let the fear release because it's a danger. Well, if you think about it, think of the word control in any relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's in the shamic belief, like we're in relationship with everything, right? And yeah. um, so if you think about a relationship, if there's control in the relationship, that means I don't trust. Mm. So it's stepping away from where I feel like I'm starting to feel like I'm the energy of controls coming in. It's a self-check to me going, okay, where do I not trust? Am I not trusting me? Am I not trusting my, my partner in this relationship? Like not even like a physical partner, like whatever yeah. I'm doing, that situation is my partner. That's what I'm in relationship yeah. in that space. And so remembering just like with our relationship with love or fear, it's not meant to be controlled because if we like, if we're controlled, we don't like it. Right. Like we're supposed to flow and, and be in harmony. And when you hit that, that was beautiful because that's, it's not a 50, 50 ever. Like, it's like, I give, I have 20, you give 80. And then it goes back and forth. We're here, we're support. It's like this, this back and forth, like harmonic connection. It's not about everybody being half of everything. It's a give and take in this beautiful exchange. That's how I see it. Yes. Yeah, um, one of my favorite authors is Brene Brown, and she, I don't remember which book, <laughs> because she has so many beautiful books, but she was talking about, uh, with her partner, with her husband, what she has to give, like, they kind of have a check-in with each other, I have the 20 to give, or I thought I had 60, but I got depleted real fast, and I'm, do you have the extra? to to give and if you don't where can we find that or do we just need to cut back on our expectations of the day and say this is this is what we bring to the table and that and then make sure that we find that that thing that priority that our kids whatever getting making sure they have dinner put all of our energy into that and then whatever else needs to be pushed off or just completely washed away is released and there's no guilt over it absolutely and i've been sure to hold i've been finding for each other in that process yes yes and um as i don't have a partner in my home right now i've been integrating that in a self way like having those conversations with myself right angie what you got (laughs) how much energy do you have left what needs to get done to provide safety and support and nurturing for your children. What are, where are their needs? And it's hard. It's really hard to sacrifice what I want all the time to make sure that their needs are met. But I also have opportunities to have the conversations with them. Like, well, mommy is really tired. Mommy's at this point of the day. Are you guys able to step up a little bit more? Or are you able to help me in this way? I can show up for you here. You need support with this homework or getting through the shower so we can snuggle. 
and have that that peace and that coziness. Yeah. Love is what fills both of you up or all of you up. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two girls. Um, they are nine and seven right now. Um, we started the school year last week, fourth and second graders, and they're so happy. They're so happy that they're able to go back to the same school uh, to build on the foundations that we started last year. Uh, see some of their old friends, old teachers, and it just fills me up. It just fills me up so much that we've had the opportunity to be at this side of um, the building blocks, you know, when you, you start to plant seeds and you're seeing the harvest. Yes. You see the fruit blossoming in that. Yeah. You feel it yeah. strengthened. So even if it's not fruiting yet, it's like you see the plant growing taller, <laughs> thicker, and able to support itself in that process. And kids thrive on that. Mm-hmm. And this is a beautiful segue to say shifting from surviving to thriving. Yes. Uh, and that's your whole story was sharing that. Like even yeah. even the cancer, like for me, like with my cancer scare, I didn't go through as much as you did. But at the same point, it, it was the self-check for me to go, okay, I've been in survival mode for so long. And I'm yeah. letting go with love that old version of me. And that's what passed away during that cancer tradition. And I'm choosing to actually live. So I had an option there. Like for me, like that's how I looked at it is like, I'm choosing to fully live now instead of survive. And so I can shed those layers and step in and shine the way I was meant to be and make different decisions moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, the shame. Uh, It's not always easy. Oh, fuck no. (laughs) Pardon (laughs) Pardon, Lynn. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, and that's why a lot of people don't face it. They are in their comfort pain. There, I, I, there's different layers. You know, there's there's new pain, old pain, and then comfort pain. You're like, yeah, that's how I've gotten through it. You know, the survival mode of well, I know that my mental capacity or my body can handle this much pain and the threshold. And they don't want to push through that um, because of the fear of recovery. I think that is a big thing of any diagnosis. Am I going to make it to the other side of recovery? Or is this going to be the thing that knocks out? And some of us have high motivation um, internally. Some of us have an extreme messing up that word externally extrinsically <laughs> um for me it was my kids so I had it extrinsically I was like I'm not not saying no to these treatments I've got to do everything I can to say uh, mommy put mommy did the work to make sure she could be here in your life long term and and for kids it's hard it's hard to say in the short term because it was draw it was trauma for them too to say where's mommy mommy can't hold me the same way mommy's got a lot of stitches and and pain and, and bruises and it's just mommy's changing mommy looks different because of the chemo um mommy's not well mommy's distant and so 
they were young. They were young to see that. And um, I blocked a lot out because uh, it was trauma. It was it was a lot to go through, especially without a, a supportive partner or husband or father. Uh, he wasn't showing up in their lives either. And so um, I, I don't, I haven't known how they processed it in the moment until we came out of it. And then things started to pop up like notes to me, uh, love letters and their admiration. You got through cancer. You're so strong. And uh, it just it melts your heart. It melts your heart to see how your baby sees you. And to know that the love is what carried it all through. I, I kept showing up, kept going to the gym. I kept dancing in the house with them. I kept holding them. I kept snuggling them at night. Mean mommy came out. There were mean mommy conversations. There were times of like, all right, mommy's so tired right now. <laughs> and the, the tension rose or the, the, the loud voice came out. And I was, it was so hard to expose that part of myself. But then it was also humbling to see them love me through it and to hold space for me. And of the lesson that they can see if people can have all those emotions and it doesn't make them a bad person. So mom's tired and frustrated and burnt out and maybe the emotion speaking. And that gives me permission. Mommy's mommy's acknowledging that she's human too. And that gives me permission when my emotions are that way, that I'm not bad either. I'm just going through a process. Right. Uh, So they, they know my fitness journey. They know my cancer journey. They know my divorce journey. They're going through a journey of their dad remarrying and in a household with step siblings. And they come to me. They come to me with a lot of heaviness. And um, <laughs> my Scorpio rising comes out. I'm a bear comes out. They want to burn it all down and and protect them and take them out of it. But that's not my control. That's not my place. So I'm learning how to change all of that anger and fear and love and support them and their dad. Because they that's okay. They have love. It's different. It's love. And they have a safe place. Um, they have safe places. And so I talk about them as my ex- external motivation to get through the cancer. And, um, you know, I relate that to how I re- um, connect with my <laughs> Their external motivation. And then transmuting that into the internal motivation. Yes. They okay, I want to lose weight, I want to get in shape because I got this event, or I've got, you know, some clothes I want to fit into, or um, I'm, I'm hitting a certain birthday, and I want to look a certain way, or I got a vacation, you know, 
that's great. Those are all there. They they all have a beautiful purpose and intention to kind of wake us up. It's like that first knocked off on the door. Hey, I see you. I see me. And then you get in the process of training. You get in the process of creating a new habit, health routine, and things start to change. And you're like, oh, this feels good. I, I, I like this new side of myself. Or there's the part that's like, this sucks. I do not like the pain. I do not like the muscle recovery. I do not like how this. Oh, I think I just lost my Bluetooth. Are you still able to hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, so they lose their, um, the external motivation turns into uh, a, like a burden because what's surfacing internally is that pain and that grief that they're not used to, to observing. And that's what I've learned through my fitness journey is allow that pain. It's not just about physical pain. It's the emotional. Like, what is this block? What is this fear holding me back from these goals and these desires? Wow. And, and how to push them through, how to release them. Um, because I find that people meet their goals and their, their results because they're opening up their channels to flow. They're opening up their heart, which sometimes is very wounded, very guarded, very um, shattered. And that was my biggest awakening is that cancer was not the disease taking me out. It was heartbreak. Mm -hmm. It was heartbreak to my core. And so many layers um, that had to be surfaced to heal that heart and then bring forth love for others all starts when you bring it forth for yourself first absolutely well and what you're saying is those external motivators like they said they're external they shift but when you can tap into that inner and it really comes back to the message of like movement is medicine in any shape yeah. or form but it truly is medicine and there, there's so much healing in that. And how you say, like, we were talking before how you're like, I feel like I'm a transmuter of the energy and things like that. And I'm a grief holder. And that's what you're doing in your practice right now. Because as they're doing these, these things, they're bringing up those emotions. And people don't realize, like, you have one goal, but it's unlocking so much, which brings so much depth and healing to you as a person where you are not only evolving on the outside, your outside appearance, but inside is shifting too. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you for your take on all that and your observations, um, transmutation, transmuting, uh, is such a, it's such a beautiful process and we don't realize we're doing it. Mm -hmm. We've been doing it for our whole lives, our whole human experience. And we don't realize until the awakenings how powerful we are. 
Yeah. Well, and it's not, it's, it's not about a doing. That's what we have to realize. It's not about anything we do. It's who we be and how we show up and our energy is what's transmuting it. It's just being able to hold that space. And that's why a lot of the times we didn't even realize we're doing it because that's our energy. It's energy is always taking in and shifting things. Like I've heard most of my life of like, Jackie, you're like a breath of fresh air. I just come, I come to you and I just feel better. Like you don't even have to say anything. I just feel better in your presence because that's the energy. The energy transmutes without even words being spoken. It's like my Mm -hmm. energy hugs other people and like, it's okay. And that's such a beautiful point to expand on why it's so important for energy hygiene and energy boundaries and, 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 uh, it's not just in about physical hygiene or mental hygiene. Um, it's all synchronized mind, body, spirit. And I, I, when I see people now and they're, they're overweight or they're how they carry themselves, not just from a, a trainer point of view, of oh the, all the terminology uh of um posture and so forth or if you see their their toes pointed in i'm like oh no their hips we need to help strengthen these parts of their muscles to align better so you know there's the physicality of i see a person i'm like all right i see the movements we need to do in order to help your posture and your alignment and your walking because that will protect your joints and create um safer longevity in your duration on this earth (laughs) but I see now the energy field of the heaviness that they're carrying if someone is is really bent over and there's there's grief on them there is um depression there is stress and you know, people are understanding, going to the masseuse, going to chiropractors, getting adjustments realigned. And they're like, yeah, all my tension, I carry all my stress up here. I'm like, they're still seeing it in a physicality way instead of internally. And that energetic aspect of where did this grief and depression come from? And how do I, how do I view it in order to release it? How do, how do I hold space for it? And so uh, a lot of times in my sessions, those conversations will come up and I have the opportunity to transmute them unknowingly. <laughs> like you said, being in other people's energy, you you get that opportunity to experience healing in more ways uh, than you signed up for. And um, I I'm very honored with that awareness and that perception um and i'm learning um moral or or ethical ways to make sure i don't invade in people's energy and space or interject even if i know something or see something i wait to be invited i wait for them to open up and and say this is what i'm dealing with and sometimes they just need to talk about it sometimes they ask for help um but I love the opportunity to uh, move with people. Uh, so a lot of times in my sessions, I'm 
working right alongside of them uh, and flowing with them. And it, it provides um, emotional support, physical support, emotional support, but that mirror practice. Well, and your energy is leading theirs. The yeah. Capricorn in you lights up because that's what it is. It's your your energy is leading theirs in that process. Another beautiful thing, like with movement, what I do is like when you're going through those heavy emotions, take that to your workout. I am releasing this fear. And so every time I do a lift or I move, whatever, that's the intention that I'm taking it and I'm moving it. And not pushing it away is like I'm, I'm physically like moving my body through whatever it is and I'm feeling it. So sometimes like people looking at me might think I'm like completely losing it because I'm like having this very like intense, like a bawling session as I'm doing these motions. But really it's like this deep healing. And that's this is the best tool we have is, is us. Like you, our bodies are amazing the way it, the the things that will hold and the things it can do and like allowing it to be sometimes like people are like, I can't afford all of these fancy tools and whatever you are the best tool you have. And so really just moving your body in whatever way it feels and setting that intention is huge starting point. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's where I felt my foundation of awakenings uh, began was as a mover. Um, and, and, it started as an athlete. I needed an outlet outside of my home. And my dad was very supportive of of sports. Um, sometimes it got too much or overbearing, but I learned this beautiful um, foundation of movement through team sports, um, soccer, softball, and basketball. And I played, I started learning them in middle school. I played in high school and I even got to play soccer and softball through college. And um, it wasn't, it was kind of an escapism sometimes. Uh, I did not really enjoy being a student, so I, <laughs> but I liked playing. So I was like, well, I got to get the grades so I can keep playing. Um, but the, the team environment was so healing for me. And if you, you know, you think about, uh, team sports, you're given different position positions and you're all meant to collaborate for the goal of, scoring the actual goal in soccer or scoring a run in softball, scoring the points in basketball. And you have to get along. You, you build relationships on the court or the field that may not carry over outside of that. And I experienced both sides. I experienced like, well, we're just teammates. We get the job done. Um, but the love that moves through at least even on just the field, you, yeah. could, you could feel it. Like, when a team is super successful, like my son plays baseball, you can see like, like energetically see the love that's getting transferred and like the support in that, even if it doesn't leave the field, but it's still, there is something there, that connection where it's just like flowing. It's like they're one organism in that space. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it can carry off the field and you have those friendships um carry on um one I think about is 
my one of my best friends. We've known each other since kindergarten. And I'm I'm really impressed with all the places I've moved away and lived and all the stuff I've gone through in my life. She's still in our hometown. <laughs> well, across the river, but she's still where we grew up. Um and she recently got a kitten and she's a dog person. So like this is huge. And she, we're bonding over the animal that I never thought she would invite into her life. <laughs> I have three cats. So <laughs> so um I just I'm just so in awe of that friendship for such a huge part of my life. Um and we are so far different people such different um perspectives or or lives uh, but we played sports together and uh she was in my wedding um and she's you know supported me all through cancer and the divorce and our health she send we send snaps to each other every day <laughs> about our workouts or just our, our animals or other silly things you know we're um, love. even if you have different perspectives I find sometimes those are the most beautiful relationships because we mm -hmm. challenge each other in a loving way because love's at the core so it's mm -hmm. like my perspective's this way and because we love we're more open to okay I see that and I can agree to disagree that's fine but you're just giving me an expansive view of the world that it's not just the way I see it that there's other things too and I love that right oh that's such a beautiful um point about how we learn through other people's experiences because we, we we're multifaceted people ourselves so we have a plethora of experiences and point of views and then when we find other people to commune with in their energy we are we're learning from them even if it's a different um lens we're learning through that experience because we've opened safe space to to listen, to learn, to feel. For them to and, be 100% who they are with no judgment and you're allowed to be 100% of you are, that is the the deepest like relationship you, you can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and you feel like you've lived multiple lives within this life. Yep. <laughs> and and I I really love um I, I, like that point of that concept or that aha moment just really things loudly to me about the shamanic journey about shamanism about because I've been leaning into that and I'm coming into the awareness of my journey being in that light being in that um awareness understanding so yeah we <laughs> I, I've done shadow work. I've done a lot of past life regressions and seen things and and wow. So understanding the expansiveness of my journey before this life, other lives, and then to to be in this life right now and to understand lives upon lives within lives and others' lives. And I thought, you know, just being a military spouse was such a different life experience because I literally lived in multiple states and had different communities and different 
lies within life. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying it that way. Um, and and it felt uh, there were points where it felt so overwhelming, but it was the expansion that was happening. And and sometimes when we resist expansion, disassociation happens. Mm-hmm. And so now being in this place of understanding, oh, this was this was all meant. This is my journey. This is to understand the layers within the layers and to be able to hold space for it. All of the um, shamanic initiations to get you here. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And uh, sometimes you're like, wait, whoa, when did I sign up for this? Why? How'd that happen? <laughs> and and then you're like oh wow that's pretty cool I feel pretty honored um do I get a break anytime soon okay no all right cool (laughs) (laughs) it's finding the peace within yourself during those times it's like the storms are always going to be moving and we're the eye of the storm and going okay energy I just need a breather I'm not asking for a year I just need a breather right now in this moment and be able to catch your breath and still honoring that that brings us to the topic of like really that hustle culture and like what your view of that of like being able to truly surrender and allowing like without having to do 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 all the time like what's your view on that my view is that it sucks me in and I get angry. (laughs) And my, my view is that I've gone through different phases of experiencing the hustle culture. And every time I, the, the universe finds a way out for me um, to say, this is not meant for you long-term this is meant for you to experience and to understand it does not feel well in your body (laughs) and to say to give other people permission out um but also to hold space for people that haven't been able to feel safe outside of it so earlier I talked about when I see people um, kind of hunched over, they're burdened, they, they're holding their stress and tension in their shoulders and there's depression. Well, there's the opposite side, the people that are so upright and they walk so heavy and so fast because they're so stressed and, and anxiety that they're afraid to sit, they're afraid to rest, they're afraid to you pause really like the world is going to completely pass them by if they even stop for a moment yeah and those are the people that we have to slow down um or to invite to slow down to say it's okay if you miss a workout it's okay if you have a whole week of rest days but we could start with just two you know (laughs) it's okay if you don't count your calories it's okay if you eat pizza two days in a row not to hit on letting go some of that like what I hear is like letting go of some of that structure because sometimes we're so driven of once again we were talking before the the boxes we have to check otherwise I'm a failure and like they don't realize a lot of that time that's what it is it's that the program of like I'm not going to be enough 
if I don't, if I don't show up and I don't do, do, do. And so like breaking that down of like, you can just be, and then we're in the cycle. Like some, we're meant to rest too. Like there's, there, there is days to rest and there's days to move and, and allowing your energy to decide which day it is. Yes. And the earth does that. The earth shows us through the seasons how to withdraw and not, and, and a lot of people think of withdrawal as a negative thing as a, uh, not showing up and, and not participating in the expectations of the hustle culture or societal constructs. I'm like, that's okay. Withdraw from people pleasing, withdraw from other people's expectations because you are the one that matters the most. And as you and, withdraw in the positive way, like you're, you're pulling your energy. Now you have extra energy to, to use, to utilize for you. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. It's not, it's not like you're taking away or less of something like that. It's like, I am taking back what was always mine that I didn't yeah. realize. I mean, unconsciously like gave away. And so I yep. can take that back and then now say, what do I truly desire? And I have this extra energy in my hands. Like you can't see me like, but, but now I have this. So I have more in my cup to put into things that truly light me up and move me forward towards my goals because I've had so many cords of obligation that I didn't realize that I'm not truly obligated. That's not truly my role. Yeah. And that's the same thing when it comes down to the control. It's like we're gripping on super tight and realizing, oh wait, that's not my responsibility, my job or right to be doing so I can, like, honestly, as I did that, like, that's what I, when you let go, like, this is what it is. You take the deep breath and you're like, oh, okay. I can feel lighter. I feel the burden shift because I'm not taking on everybody else's things. Right. I, my only job is to focus on me because if I'm not focusing on me and I'm focusing on everybody else, who's focusing on me? No one. So I belong <laughs> where I belong here and let them, because you're also, when you're focusing on them, you're shifting them out of their own own thing it's kind of like coming back to holding the pen of your story mm. I'm taking everybody else's pen no one's holding my pen and i'm taking it from them mm -hmm. and it's their journey to write it's their journey to experience it's their lessons to learn mm -hmm. we can guide but we don't want to take the control of actually taking the pen from them yeah it's um when we there's multiple things i'm thinking here um giving out our energy to others is a sense of self-betrayal and then we have to learn self-respect um that is the foundation of self-love and then with the pen aspect you know we are creating a disservice to self-agency if we're taking other people's pens and we're expecting someone else to hold our pen there's codependency all written all over that <laughs> pun intended <laughs> and then there's the removal of self-agency and self-autonomy and and when we're doing that as adults you know then we enter children into the picture and we right away are telling them they don't matter when they come into this world with so much wisdom for us, they, they might be de physically dependent on us, but emotionally and mentally, they're all there. They, they know they're everything. That teachers. They, and another one of my jobs is working at a, a daycare slash preschool. 
and I'm in the baby room right now. I just got shifted this fall and I'm in love. <laughs> I'm so in love with these little faces and these, these coos and this, uh, I, I grieve a little bit of my newborn phase of my motherhood because I wasn't aware of them. I wasn't fully understanding all that these babes, my babes were bringing to me because I was tired, postpartum depression and just marital style issues. And I was, so I, a part of me felt robbed, but now the universe is like, no, babe, it, that was what it was meant for because we knew you loved them. Even if you didn't feel it, you didn't know how to express you, you showed up, you were the mom meant for them. And now through your journey, you're holding space for these children in in a setting that they're not with their moms all day long and they are still loved by you and and these mothers trust this facility and this facility the 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 directors trusted you to work there with these gifts and my babies are at different schools and their grades with other moms other dads teaching them and i trust them and this is the beautiful energy exchange is we do not have to be everything for somebody else. We hold space for them because we showed up for ourselves and created self-agency in our own body, our own mental capacity. And, and it's a check and balance of, do I, have I shown up for myself so I can show up for these other beautiful souls? And um, so my message is, is self-agency, teach it to yourself, reparent yourself, relearn. Absolutely. It also makes me think of like, there's times where we don't like we're invited in for that guidance, like kind of what I do, like I'm a soul guide. It's not me taking the pen. But it's like me almost like wrapping around and helping hold the pen like when we're shaky or like with our kids, our job is to help help mold and help guide them. We're not we're not here to take it from them so they don't learn. It's like like I just think of my little kids when they learn we're starting to learn how to write their alphabet. And mm -hmm. sometimes I yeah. have to take them and like take their hand and move it in the sand. This is an A. I didn't yeah. write the A and say, this is the A. Now you have to memorize it. It's it's that body memory and, and knowing that you have that support in that. So sometimes like that, that can be helpful, but allowing them still to be a part of it. Like that's the healing part. Like for me, I changed my name from holistic healer to shamanic soul guide because I wanted to make sure that I really empowered the people that I work with. I'm not doing this, yeah. you're doing the healing. And that's when like literally when I realize, like they hear the word healer sometimes and they think that I'm here to fix them. Like, no, right. you're the one doing right. the effort. I'm guiding a process. So that's how right. it like visually comes to me is like literally. So, so you may be at a point in your story where you're feeling broken. You're not broken. You're feeling broken and you're feeling shaky. And you're like, how do I even move forward? How do I write the next thing? And your hands all trembling. And I say, it's okay. And I'll put my hand over you and like, and allow you to write. And I'm, I'm helping to be this stable that space holder for you and say, maybe this is the time just to breathe and pause. We don't have to write anything at the moment. And mm. that's, space. that's one of my favorite things to talk about with the kids, my girls, 
pause, breathe, respond. I've written it on our mirror so they see it. I was so proud of them when they were last year getting to know their new school and their teachers and they were in the guidance counselor, like new student um, welcoming and uh, helping them transition and adjust. Um, they talked about those things that we talked about at home and I was such a proud mama and they're like, pause, breathe, respond. And initially I was using that for like diffusing little fights that they would have or explosions I'm like whoa 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 before we react let's have a moment to pause and breathe release shift and then we have clear space to respond um but there's so many there's so many deeper layers and aspects of that it's not just to diffuse anger or conflict it's it's within self say why am I experiencing this hesitation or block or fear? What is causing my body to shake? Uh, I find that happening myself a lot in, in riveting conversation or where I'm lit up or when I'm like a trauma response is triggered. And I'm like, okay, my body is really, really responding right now. What, what do I need to do? I just need to get up and, and move it. Uh, like shake it out I do and I'm at the gym I dance a lot in between my sets <laughs> I'm excited or I just uh didn't feel great in that lift so I'm like all right let's shift it yeah move shake it out. energy <laughs> yeah um and and uh it's it's fun it's uh, it's liberating because I wasn't allowed to dance as a child it was considered simple to move your body <laughs> in that way so now I'm like doing it all I'm mama's gonna shake what she got <laughs> and I teach my girls that and um I I shift out toxic conditioning to say I want to be embodied and that is my biggest message for my movement medicine is to get into your body get comfortable in that skin become a mover physically emotionally mentally spiritually embody 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 let your soul feel safe in this human form because that's why we're here to experience to journey to shift from fear to love, love to fear, to understand the grief or not understand the grief, but to honor it, to see it, to observe it and say, okay, you can have space here. You don't hold me. You don't suffocate me. You don't strangle me. You, you move through me. Absolutely. Giving that grief a voice. We are a vessel. Mm -hmm. It all deserves space. All of those parts of your body deserve space to be respected, to be loved, to be honored. And, and when we give ourselves that permission, we hold that space for ourselves. We give permission to everybody else around us. And we say, I see you. It does not make me less or greater to see you. 
it, it says we all exist and hold space and there's enough space for us all <laughs> it does not matter what people think of the population and all those statistics that get swirled out there the universe always expands it always expands and then we just we grow and we rise together Oh, I love it. I just feel like that's a mic drop moment. <laughs> like, yeah, hit oh, my soul. Like, yeah. that's so, so truth. Like, I'm done with the competition, like culture. I want collaboration. Yeah. My my soul yearns for that. Is there is so much abundance to go around. There's so much space for everybody. Everybody's voice matters. And sometimes mm -hmm. people get louder because they don't. They don't. They feel like that's the only way they can be heard. But really, honestly, sometimes it's the quiet voice that brings the most mm -hmm. attention. Mm. Like, ooh, ooh, okay. I, I, I hear that, that hit a little deeper that mm -hmm. I don't have to raise my voice in that point because I'm not overcompensating. Does that, does that, does that make sense? Like sometimes that I feel sometimes. Sense. And it's, it's so cool it's that grounded, that bring peaceful that up. voice that, that can be yeah. in normal tone of just saying it's okay. When all of the emotions and everything's going on and all these thoughts is just that, that voice going, it's okay. You're yeah. okay here. You're okay to feel that. It's our right. And it's okay not to be okay. Yes. It's okay to be it's in okay. this moment and experiencing all the feels. Because that's why we came yes. to have this human experience. To yes. feel the whole spectrum. Not yes. numb it. Not shut it off. It's to right. understand and have the contrast. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's amazing that you bring. I mean, as we are aware and we see the signs and messages, we start to like, like, oh yeah, of course that happened. Of course it happened that way. Uh, there's there's a certain number that um, I picked up on has is my number to follow, like a scavenger hunt mm -hmm. that the universe has planted place or just pops in here and there um and it's my unique number so it, does, it doesn't matter it's not meant for somebody else to be like oh my gosh now I gotta watch out for that number so I don't share it and, and, and outside of my very very close circle because it's kind of fun to be like oh look at this other little easter egg I found or this other little nugget in my scavenger hunt so last night I'm driving and I'm listening to this podcast about um psychic gifts and understanding someone or somebody sharing their journey and think wasn't well, typical like everybody else's and she's holding space for people to be like maybe this is how it happened for you which is so I see you I hear you and in front of me is a license plate that has the letter U my number and then SHH so it's like you yeah. like, what the fuck <laughs> wow that was really direct like this is very, okay what does this mean so at first it's like the illogical brain says be quiet I'm like be quiet about what no you've been telling me to open my throat so i'm like i'm, I'm kind of yelling having something i just want to open my heart my throat chakra and speak my voice and be strong and confident and, what do you mean so then i think more i'm like okay where does this feel what does it feel like in my body and it comes with the message is like, be still. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, but I'm driving right now. I need to get where I need to get 
I love and this. This is, I don't know if you can see it. You, you can see it because you're with me, but the listeners won't. I have this little sign here and it says, the quieter become, the more you can hear. Mm, yeah. So got this message, be still. I'm like, okay. I got sucked in the hustle part too, didn't I? I know the summer was rough. I, I thought I could make up for my lack by doing more. I know it's not by design. <laughs> I was trying to prove something different. and But I needed that lesson or that experience to understand that's not safe in my body. That's not the alignment. It gives you the contrast. So then you can help share that medicine yeah. for other people because you're a living experience. You're not just teaching a concept. You've lived the concept. Yeah, Ooh, we did. And... And then the universe gently reminds, like, you remember when you got burnt out and there was a big diagnosis to kind of rock your world? Let's not go there. You don't need to go there again because you experienced it and you got through it. Let's let's keep you safe. Let's remember these lessons. I'm like, okay, be still, be still. And then they're they're reminding me of my my calendar. <laughs> I am such a super anal about my calendar and color coding and um, time blocking like 30 minute increments so they're like stop micromanaging we've told you this before stop micromanaging yourself you can have structure but you also can allow space for flow and forgiveness when you don't get that damn task done (laughs) yeah you know how to pick your priorities you know what needs to be on the table every day and what can slide off or wait for the next day next week next month next year it'll you're okay and then let go of control about money like ah (laughs) but how do i know how do i know and they're like you don't have to know you don't have to know but then they said be still in combination with the be quiet and no so one of my my religious upbringing, a lot of times I push those phrases and those things or those scriptures out. Eh, the trigger. Ah, they're like, no, there was so much love in that. There was so much um, wisdom. There's truth to to as well. Yeah, there's truth. Yeah. So one thing it, it came for: be still and know. I'm like, oh, when I'm still, I hear and I know. And I find I, I it comes, and this is the surrender. This is the acceptance. This is the present. The way it's asking yeah, you to the, be present in this moment, yeah. in this, this space right here, because we our mind can keep jumping forward or keep going yeah. back to protect us. It's going to replay the back so we don't do that moving forward, or it's worried about how we're going to come with money for X Y Z, and the soul's just saying, "I got you." Just yep. be in this moment. Yeah. And let go of that because we are a human being. So we're supposed to be present, not a human doing and worrying about everything else. It doesn't mean yeah. that we don't take the aligned action. We take the mm-hmm. aligned action when we feel the call, but also remembering that rest and that surrender and that we are in a co-creation space. Yeah. We're not the sole creator. We're co-creating. 
with our divine, with the people around us. It's a collaboration. It comes back to that collaboration energy. And what you were saying about your calendar brought it like full circle back to the beginning when we were talking about um, the, how much energy do we have? It's literally a conversation that you're having with yourself on a different, a different level. It's like, okay, so I'm expecting all these things of me. Yeah. But I'm not meeting myself where I'm at and, and allowing that space to go, hey, I only got 20 today. I'm getting some yeah. things. It doesn't mean that I only have 20 energy wise because my 80% of energy is working in the background. Yeah. Thank you for that full circle because I see a full day on the, the Google Calendar app, like all these slots to fill in. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, that fits there. That fits. Oh, that looks so pretty and so beautiful. Like I'm creating this art piece on my my screen. And then I forget to humanize it. I'm like, oh, wait, it fits. But my my energy levels aren't at full capacity today. I've really pushed it the day before. I need recovery time. So it's gonna. there's going to be gaps. There's going to be holes. And if you want to be colorful, then you literally put in recovery time and put a color in there going, this is my space for me, whatever that recovery looks like, where like I'm filling up just like you would in a workout. You're not going to work out the same muscles every single day. You have that space. And so it's, I'm honoring me and I know that. And I'm putting that in a way that language that speaks to me. And that's what I'm putting in my calendar to honor and reminding myself of the importance of that. Right. And that's why people hire trainers and coaches is to say, I need help and guidance to structure and, and hit these different muscle groups that I'm not fully knowledgeable about or fully aware of how to program. And I am also teaching myself programming in other parts of my life. So I know that I'm showing up for me. I can show up for my clients and say, yeah, I tested this I've experienced this I've maxed my muscles out I've done this exact workout I've tweaked it here and there and now I'm bringing it to you because I know you well enough and I'll learn throughout these sessions more about you but I've learned you to know your capacity and to say you can get pushed a little bit harder here and need a little bit more nurturing here and and that's why I I love the training because it's not just muscles. Yeah, that's a big part of it. But it is the nurture side to say, how are you feeling today in your body? How are you feeling in your heart? And I may not use that terminology until those people are ready to understand that exchange. Speak their language of whatever resonates, but in the same right. same energy behind it. Right. And so I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be invited into this energy to learn that. For my listeners, our listeners may be experiencing that fresh cut. Yes, yes. So the the noise you hear, the little sound cutting out, that's she's in this beautiful park area. Like I wish you could see it with the trees and things. And it's just beautiful. We have that nature energy like hugging our conversation right now. But then the real life world comes in too, which wants to say hi too. So we're totally cool with that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So we're just like a half of it. 
and uh, enjoy this beautiful weather because New Jersey had a second summer. It came back with a vengeance. Um, it was hot, high, humid in the 90s, and kids were going back to school and sweating it out on the buses. I don't know why they didn't turn the air safety on for them, but they're surviving. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a good example of like, within our thriving phases of life, there are many survival those days. Like, some days feel like, Holy shit, I just got thrown back 5,000 steps and I'm in the depths of that survival. And I, I relate it to the fact that our lives are not linear or vertical or horizontal. They are spirals. And sometimes those like amusement rides, the needle drop. <laughs> You've gotten to the very top. And you can see this beautiful landscape and all, and, it, and, and so expansive. And then you are shot down, like your, your gut is thrown to your throat because of, you just got dropped mm-hmm. from that, from that. And this is where the trust of the process comes in. Absolutely. Well, and also remembering Two, what comes to like my mind of really being able to share that is it's a spectrum. And so mm. just because you go back into the, like, the survival and thrive is on the same spectrum. And just mm-hmm. because you go back into that survival mode doesn't mean we're failing. It doesn't mean we're going right. backwards. We honor the whole that process. So saying, okay, so I desire to be in the thrive more than I do the survival, but knowing the survival is just as important in its own way. So yes, I'm going back into that space going, okay, I'm surviving. This is okay. This is, this is just a temporary space. I'm getting what's done so then I can make that expansive space for me to step back into the thrive. Yeah. Yes. When I went through that needle drop, uh, just the summer, uh, uh, relating to like kind of hitting some hustle culture. I realized I could not sustain that long term. And I'm grateful for the season because I really leaned into the nature. <laughs> the nature is speaking. They, they want to join in the conversation too. <laughs> yeah. I really leaned into the seasonal aspect to kind of shift my body with the earth. Um, I'm I'm a woman, so I have a cycle, and I've been I've been observing that around the moon phase, and that's been very powerful too. Because as my cycle comes into play, it was a full moon or a new moon, and uh, it wasn't consistent throughout the year, but it, it would be around those kind of those big phases of the moon. And that's what I something in my shadows, something in my body, physically and emotionally, needed to be released so deeply that my body was helping with that flow, helping with the shedding and the releasing. And it was very powerful, very powerful. Like, um, my cycle helped me finalize that divorce. It was lined up <laughs> right in that week span. I was like, wow, I can't unsee this. Yeah, it's like energetic. We shed, we energetically yeah. shed and emotionally. Yeah. Shed it. Like that's the power that we hold 
in that space. Yeah. So in relation to the hustle culture and where I found myself in my job, I, I was running ragged and not sleeping and the stress was pouring onto my girls. They were having felt that we just didn't have a consistent routine. So I was like, all right, the fall comes, I'm shifting all of my schedule. I am allowing space for more rest and recovery. I am going to show up for the girls before school, after school, make sure that their bedtime routines are are fully focused on them. Um, and they call me out on stuff too. They're like, mommy, you're distracted. Mommy, you're a phone face. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> That's the beautiful part is when we give our permission to our children where they feel safe enough to do that. I do the same thing with with uh, my kids. I tell them they're human and we have this thing where we say self-check. So if I yep. say self-check, they have to kind of, okay, where am I energy? Like what? where are these words coming from? Yeah. I need to hold that, be present. That's what it kind of means like in the background. And sometimes yeah. I get distracted, all these moving pieces and my Gemini brain is going, ah, I see all the things. And then they're like, mom, self-check. Yes. Oh yes, present yep. moment. Come back here. Let's stop, stop spiraling mentally in all of the woulds and coulds and shoulds and what ifs, yep. and just be back yep. in this moment. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and it's funny. There was, there's always this guilt and shame. I'm like, I'm not playing games on my phone. I'm not um, scrolling. I'm, I'm working. Like, I'm, I'm planning my calendar, or I'm communicating to clients, or my bosses or, or coworkers, I'm like, I'm doing work. Doesn't that count? But not to their point of view. No, they, they deserve that attention and that focus. So we talk about it and I love that. I'm going to use self-check. We're gonna, I'm going to integrate that into our verbiage and help each other through these times of wanting to be seen. And I, like my inner child screams at me. I'm like, that's, what you wanted as a baby as a, as a young one give it to them this is why you're here give it to them and the moments I do I nurture inner child me I nurture her she gets to play with her her friends my children <laughs> and then my girls oh, there's so much richness that comes forward in our bonding and our relationship and a new thing that we started this school year is that one likes to go on the bus and the other one likes mommy to drive her. And is that convenient for me? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> that does not help my morning schedule and my to-do list. But I'm enjoying that one-on-one time. They are enjoying that one-on-one time. They are like, oh, this is mommy all for me, all for me. And also the and they, beautifulness in that of you're allowing them to make choices, empowered choices that serve them and it doesn't have to be a match. I noticed that yeah. when I, I have three kiddos and my two younger ones are close in age, kind of just like yours, mm -hmm. they're two years apart. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a lot of times they think they have to keep the same choice. Like, oh, they yep. said that, so that's what I got to do. And I always say, no, like I, I'll say, who wants to come to the grocery store with me? And yep. my middle one would be like, no, I want to do this. And I'm like, okay. My little one will be like, oh, maybe not. But he wants to go with me, but he feels. And I said, you can come with. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be an all or nothing. Like you mm -hmm. can make choices for you. And it's that's what also you're teaching them in that moment where it may be a little more inconvenient for us in the, in the doing of life, but it's, it's yep. a beautiful lesson for them to learn as well. 
Yeah. And I'm so empowered to have been able to provide this as a single mom. Like that was one of my biggest concerns. How do I show up one-on-one for them? And I, I, again, keep showing up for myself, reparenting, teaching myself self-agency and self-economy. And then it, it just naturally flows to them. And, and so and that, trust yeah, that it's all working out. I don't need to know how this is my intention. And yeah. I know that the how is going to come in front of us and know that it's not going to be perfect. And we're going to have to have that relationship where they can say, Hey mom, this is what I'm feeling. This is my perspective. And it gives them those words too, of saying my feelings are important to you as well. It's not just mm-hmm. the adults feelings that are important. And so they can share mm-hmm. those spaces of like, like sometimes there's adults, non-negotiable things. Like, like yeah. I'm on this yeah. podcast, if my kiddos came, they would come and they know quietly come in and just put their hand on my hand. Yep. And they know that means it's not super urgent, but mom, I need your attention. So then yep. I know like, I, they're my babies. Like, this is how it works. Yep. And I will have to like pause the recording for a minute. Like all my guests know that. And then they get my undivided attention for those few moments to answer whatever they need. And then I can go back and then finding that, that harmony, it's not even balance. Like I, we say balance, but it's not, it's the harmony of life of how, how I don't have to choose this or this. I get yeah. to have it all because I choose to have it all and find a beautiful harmonization yeah. of making it all flow together. And I'd like to point out right there that having both and choosing it all does not equal selfishness. Yes. It does not equal vanity or pride. It equals love <laughs> because the harmony speaks for itself. If, if it's selfish, it comes out of a fear-based energy and and I think it's really important to understand we are allowed to, to desire and deserve abundance and so that is the both almost like what coming to me it's it's not like when we think selfish the word selfish they're th- we're thinking like our ego self so like yeah. it, it's all around that where you say when you like the difference between self-centered and soul-centered like yeah. I am I'm can, can, taking care of my soul and where I'm at and I'm also then have more energy to ripple out in those yeah. places in that so just like little things like that and figuring out how to incorporate where my son will come and he'll put his hand and then I'll put his hand my hand on top where he's acknowledging he needs something he's speaking for his needs when he's not able to because yeah. you know that it's in the middle of something. And then I put my hand where I'm acknowledging you're here. I, I understand. And I will be with you as soon as I can. It's the the words without words. Like it's the yes. energy that he knows in those spaces. I, I love that. I, I see that as embodiment because your message spoke through your hand. And in order for our hands to give medicine we have to be embodied we have to feel safe in our bodies to then push out expand that energy and love for our hands Absolutely. um and that's such a beautiful thing uh, when my girls are 
uh, stressed or experiencing some overwhelm, anxiety, I put my hand on their, their heart and I breathe. I invite them to breathe with me, but if they're not able to at the time, I breathe with for them. Yeah. Um, I regulate myself and then I, I help regulate their body. And it is something that, you know, when, since they were in their womb, that they, they regulated from my heartbeat, they regulated from my breathing. Um, and then as newborn, I didn't understand it at the time, how important that was, um, because there was so much dysregulation in me or my blueprinting uh, and chaos around me in the marriage that um, when I did wake up to how much they needed me in that way, it wasn't spoiling them or coddling them or um, stunting their development. It was empowering them more because they learned uh, if, if mommy is self-regulated, then it then they're safe to learn it they're when you're they're safe for them because yeah they don't know how to regulate their system by their own yet so they learn through us so when we are yeah. when they see us regulating and healing our nervous system it allows them space because some people don't realize that our children are actually a reflection of us energetically mm. under the age about 12 and under like when they hit that that like preteen stage they start to like pull more of their energy to mix with us, but they're still emotional sponges. So when right. our children act out, especially in those ages and they're having those tantrums, to me, it's a self check of, okay, where do Ooh. I feel like screaming and throwing a fit? But I'm not hundred percent because they're doing it for me. And then I go, yes. okay, I get to regulate. And so it's cute though. When, when I give the tools and we'll do them together and when they're out on their own and like they were playing, um, like scooter and one falls, like the other one will come and be like, just breathe. It's okay. We can breathe together and he'll, he'll they'll, they'll now mm -hmm. regulate together. Or mm. if they see somebody else having a hard time, they're like, it's okay to be sad. And, mm -hmm. and that's huge for me because I'm raising boys and mm. culture says like emotions, like a lot of the times mm -hmm. emotions are shut down in boys and they can't express those pieces as freely. And so like that, that is my way. I, I believe that's why the creator blessed me with three boys is to break that cycle of allowing them to have that emotional intelligence, the emotional regulation mm -hmm. skills, and to be able to bring that forward and being excited of like what that means for our future generation to have the permission mm -hmm. to be able to understand and be in relationship with all of our being. Yeah. Yes. The masculine feminine blend and the harmony bring neutralizing the charges that just came forward um it holding space for ourselves means that we've uh, diffused and and released the charge so we're not reactive and then neutralizing the charge for others you know, we say, okay, they may not be at that awareness or that co-regulate, self-regulation. They need, as an adult, they need help regulating. And and <laughs> I've I've had to deal with this in co-parenting to step back and say, I'm not going to fire back. I am not going to project. I am going to set a boundary, and I'm going to say this is not profitable. Um, I'm going to send friendly reminders of what this space is meant for 
the safety of the children. Um, but it, it it takes so much energy <laughs> to neutralize somebody else's charge. Yeah. And you're modeling that healthy nervous system too. Mm. And so even if they're not regulating from that space, like you're, you're the permission slip, you're the example sometimes that if you've never seen the example of this is how a regulated person functions and you've never had regulation your whole life, how do we expect a child to grow up and learn how to be a regulated human being? Right. You've never had that, that regulation and, and no fault to the parent or anything like that. Sometimes it's just, they were not taught emotional intelligence either. Like mm-hmm. so they're doing the best they could with what they had, but if they aren't regulating their systems and letting you regulate that, your, your normal is dysregulation. So then when you come back into that, that actual regulated state, it's almost like, oh my gosh, what's, what's going on? Like it's unfamiliar to you in that space. So it also is like, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to figure out some way to create some chaos for my nervous system to feel normal again. And so it's like unwinding in, mm-hmm. in, in this, this is, this is states. Okay. Too. Like I can be in all of the states and that's, that's beautiful. That's part of the journey. Yeah. There's a lot there. Um, when we were talking about oh, self-regulating, holding space, for ourselves the movement um i think about the older generation in physical fitness um it it's still new to them it's still foreign to them it is is very common to see uh high schoolers and young adults through the 30s that are very well versed in the gym very well it does that it became the culture to be fit and and proud of your muscles. The older generation is learning something so new um, because they were told, well, you age and you lose function. You just, you're you're getting old. That's your, that's how it is. And they're, they were kind of set with this mentality of give up. That's, I don't have a choice. I don't, I, I've got to follow the systems, get the job to get the retirement, to get the social security, to, to, to set up my life to kind of sit and die. And I know it's not all, uh, it is, it's, it's a grieving not process everything. before the grieving, like is needed. Yes, yes, yes. So I've noticed, you know, like that means their souls have left their bodies before their bodies are done on this earth. And so what I've really appreciated in the fitness industry is seeing the older generations step out of their constructs and, and deal with us young whippersnappers <laughs> and, and the youngins that are, you know, that may seem too loud and distracting and, and full of themselves or, um, when they're just like, I want to move, I hate this, but out of necessity, I want to keep going. I want to move. Uh, and so I honor the, them. I honor everyone showing up for themselves in whatever stage of life that they're at and, and saying, I want to keep moving 
and I may not look uh, magazine ready. I'm going to use the old word, <laughs> magazine ready instead of social media. But they want to function for their family, for themselves, for their family. Um, I was training an older couple. They want to be able to travel. So they're like, well, we know we got to be able to do weights because where we go is unstable ground and and flying on planes or driving in cars, you get stiff and we need to know how to move and, and be safe to do the activities we want to do. Another client was, I have a grandbaby. I want to be on the floor playing and I want to be able to get up <laughs> after playing on the floor. Uh, and then it there's it's just so wonderful to see in all parts of our journey all mentalities of why they move and I wanted to honor that of you know the fitness journey is not just about sculpting a number on the scale or managing um, their intake and it, it's about movement to continue to experience this journey and and enjoying life instead of surviving shifting from the surviving to the thriving and when we do hit those periods of surviving we know that there's a way to move through it we know we're not stuck there we just know it's meant to teach us something to get to the next thrive absolutely and in the, the, as you're saying that like movement is core to every stage of life if you think about mm -hmm. it, uh, a baby is learning first to move its arms yes. and figuring that out yes. and then crawling and then walking and like, so how much importance movement is in those beginning stages. And then even as we explore the world in those, those core stages of like, we're at the gym too, but we're still like all the movements that needed to function in life. And then even in the older stages of being able to, like, I feel like that's where the distance comes. A lot of it is the movement. Like we lose move mobility as we age. And it's not that it has to be, it's just, we're also conditioned to slow down in that way. And there's a way to slow down and still move at the same point. And, and that's yeah. a beautiful piece, like how important movement is and how movement truly is medicine and breath alone is movement. That's the mm. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, one of my tattoos is a sans ancient Sanskrit symbol to represent breathe. That's the first thing we do when we come into this life left and we do before we have the wind is blowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to remember to keep breathing um, for life to keep moving. And that pause, breathe, respond, sit so deeply inside of me. And I, I am so grateful for the, the awareness of movement to, to shift it away from the hustle culture and to say that when we release the expectations of society and conditioning and constructs and sit within our bodies, we, we do and move more than we realize because we're in tune, we're aligned and not distracted. And we come back to self.
to hold faith, to hold love, and, and give it to others. Beautiful. I feel like that's a beautiful, like, way to, like, wrap up the whole thing, like, what you just said there, because it's, like, full circle. I agree. I agree. And I, oh, uh, these conversations are so healing. They're so peaceful. I am so grateful for your time and and all the listeners patience through the the world wanting to participate in the background <laughs> in our conversation um to hold space for me in your lives in your journey and to know that you have support wherever you want it in your life there is someone out there to walk the journey with you and if that's me I'm honored. If that's someone else, I support you. Absolutely. And I'll make sure in the show notes, make sure that you get on IG with her and you follow and you come in her world as well. Um, she's an amazing, incredible human being and your soul will know if this is where you're meant to be. So reach out with her, even if it's just to say hi and connect and say, hey, I heard you. Like she, she's an amazing person to connect with. So Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your wisdom and your heart with us today on this session. Yes, thank you, Jackie. And thank you, listeners. It was such a beautiful pleasure and enjoyment um, to fill my soul. Like, I, I like skipping on cloud nine. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Soul Revolution Tribe and being part of our soul family. If anything in this episode resonated with you, please subscribe, leave a review, and share your takeaways. You can find me on IG at Grow with Jackie B or on YouTube at Soul Revolution Tribe. I will see you next week for more soul conversations and medicine. Bye for now and see you back soon.